Worshiping, the Lord just called back something to my attention. And uh, it's just funny how once you start just allowing the, the scriptures to dwell in your heart, you kind of give something for God to work with whenever he's ready for you to say something. So if you feel like you're, you're worried about having a word in season and even somebody coming to you uh, with a situation or you feel like, I just don't. I don't know if when the time comes, I'll have the words necessary. Well, that's simple. Just start hiding his words in your heart. And then whenever it's there, whenever it's time to share, the Holy Spirit will just remind you of what's already there. Amen. That's pretty easy, right? Nothing complicated about it. So I was, uh, I was recalling uh, Jacob. And Jacob was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. And Jacob later becomes known as Israel. And Israel is where the 12 tribes are birthed from. Jacob, otherwise known as Israel's 12 sons, become the beginning pillars of the 12 tribes of Israel. And there's this thing that happens in Genesis 34, and it's a terrible thing. And when the Lord even prompted me in worship to share this, I'm like, God, this isn't necessarily something that I'd like to to talk about. Uh, but he's God and I'm not. So if you got a problem with what I'm about to say, talk to him about it. Genesis 34 talks about uh, Jacob has a daughter. And the daughter's name is, is Dinah. What actually happens in the scripture is that uh, Jacob is dwelling in this certain part of the land. And there's some uh, pagans, some people that don't worship uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, Dinah is a very attractive, very beautiful young woman. And uh, she's actually taken uh, by this particular pagan group. And, uh, and she has, I know I see some kids, so I want to be careful with this. Let's just say that uh, she has certain uh, relational uh, status forced on her that she wasn't willing to have. Everybody following me okay? All right, so some, something was taken away from her. Purity was taken away from her. And this really angers her brothers and how many of you know that it would be a natural response if this happened to your sister for you to be angry all right uh listen you know you can never tell anybody that they shouldn't feel a particular way our feelings are real they're just not always truthful and what we have to learn to do is uh, we actually have to learn that in proverbs let me read this to you really quick uh proverbs chapter 16 verse 32 it says this he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. How many of you know a natural response in that moment is anger? But how many of you know that being slow to anger is better than using mighty force? So Jacob is the adult in this situation. And we've been talking about uh, coming back into a place of childlike wonder. We've been talking about learning how to be childlike with the Lord again. But how many of you know that there's an importance in being childlike? One of the core important things is that we need parenting. We need spiritual fathers and mothers to look up to. And I love that through the scripture, we have this litany of spiritual fathers and mothers that we can look to and see from their example how certain things should affect our lives. So this is what happens. Jacob, as the dad, doesn't choose to react. He chooses to respond. Those are two different things. Reaction and purposeful, prayerful response are not the same things. 
How many of you know that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God? The scripture says that it's not upon us to avenge ourselves for the wrong thing that happens to us in this life, but we've got to leave room for the wrath of God. We have to leave room for the justice of God. And in this particular passage, we see Jacob do something that I think as a father would be very difficult to do. He doesn't, now Jacob is already a great nation. He's already got flocks and he's got men and he's got, uh, he, he's got people to, to put a hurting on these guys that have done this to his daughter. We'll just put it that way. Good Oklahoma talk, okay? He's got enough good old boys that they can suit up and that they can really go into this enemy camp and they can really lay waste to him if they want to. But Jacob doesn't choose to respond. It's actually interesting what happens. He sits down and he has a conversation. Crazy, isn't it? I'm not saying that we all need to be there. I'm just telling you what he did, right? He sits down, he has a conversation, and he actually leads them in a type and a shadow of, of a conversion. At that time, to be a Jewish uh, you know, person and to be is very early on in Israel's development in history, but one of the things that God had asked all these Israelite men to do, and that's really going to come later, but just using that language to understand, is that he asked for them all to be circumcised. Also, very strange for me to talk to you about this evening, so just bear with me, all right? We're going to go somewhere. When I say it, it's all going to make sense, and they're going to want to worship again, and you're going to ugly cry, and it's all going to be happy, okay? So, here's the thing. And if talking about circumcision doesn't make you want to ugly cry, I don't know what else will. So, anyway, so, I was doing good. Austin, I was doing good until I got there. God, forgive me, Jesus. Everybody show some grace in my direction right now. That's called feeling uncomfortable about something and trying to make it less uncomfortable with humor, and you just made it more uncomfortable. So don't follow my example. Uh, everybody say, I love Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful thing? So Jacob says, hey, this is the guy. Say, look, like, I really want to be able to take wives from amongst your daughters. You know, the servants of your house have beautiful daughters, and our tribe would like to kind of unite with your tribe. And Jacob kind of proctors this deal. He says, look, you know, obviously what's gone on is not right, what's happened to his daughter. But he says, you know what? If you're willing for you and all the men in your tribe to be circumcised and to come in line with what our God's asked for us, then maybe we can actually coexist. Maybe we can find a way for us to come together. Remember, he who's slow to anger is greater than a mighty person. Jacob has this conversation. Now, this is what happens to of his sons, all right, take advantage of the opportunity. Amazingly, all of the pagan group of people consent to be circumcised. That's a miracle, by the way, that all the men consent to do this, and they're grown men, and they consent to do this. The Bible is really filled with some fun stuff, if you'll actually read through it. It'll make you uncomfortable reading it if you're reading it right, but anyway, they consent, and two of Jacob's sons take advantage of this opportunity, and they model for us in the proverb. They model for us in the proverb what happens when we're not slow to anger. Whenever we choose to do something out of our own need for vengeance or our own need for our type of justice to be released into a situation. And two of Jacob's sons say they take advantage of the opportunity because uh, Scripture says it this way, that after a couple days that these men are still hurting from what's recently taken place in their lives, namely circumcision. You follow that they're still in some pain about two or three days after. So two of the, the two sons of Jacob take advantage of the opportunity and they 
run into the camp and they kill everybody because they're down. You know, they're not going to be able to fight back. They're experiencing some major pain. And they kill this group of people that have done this to their sister. Do you know that even in today, even in the day and age that we live in, that people that are the Israel of God, you and I, we're presented with choices day in and day out of whether we're going to take matters into our own hands or if we're going to follow the way of the Lord. You know, even in Jacob's day, the church was called to be something unique. The church was called to be something different that even in the midst of horrendous atrocities, we can still breathe the word of forgiveness to our persecutors and we can do our best to try to release and reveal the love of God to them. And as long as the other party's willing, as long as the other party's willing to meet us in that place, maybe we can even dwell in the land with people that have hurt us. And that's heavy, isn't it? It's all based upon the degree of hurt. If it's a light thing, we tend to say, well, we can get past that. But the further and further we go on, maybe even get ourselves to a place to say, well, maybe I can forgive that, but I can never forget that. The truth of the matter is we've all been done wrong. Personally, and we've also taken on the offenses of people that we love and the wrong that's been done to them. Jacob's sons take matters into their own hands. How many of you have taken matters into your own hands before and caused a bigger mess than the initial mess? take matters into their own hands and and Jacob tells his sons he says what is this thing that you've done to me you have brought trouble on me by making me so that you've made me stink to the inhabitants of the land my numbers are few and if all of these guys decide there was enough of us to take out one group but if all these guys that are connected to this one group decide to come against us they'll wipe us out Jacob in that situation is faced with innumerable odds. He's faced with an impossible hurt in the sense that his daughter has been taken advantage of. He's now in the face of another impossible situation, an impossible hurt because his sons have made a decision to take matters into their own hands. How many of you know that as the children of God, we find ourselves in those two camps? All of us. Some of us are in the camp of Dinah, and we've had things happen to us that were against our will. They were wrong. There were injustices committed to us. And there needs this, there's this thing we're crying out for injustice in this area. And for some of us, like the two sons of Jacob, we've actually caused the trouble. We weren't the ones that were innocent of the blame. We actually took matters into our own hands and we spoke that harsh word that ended that relationship. In the name of telling the truth, we ended up just offending. In the name of wanting to be right, we compromised our connection with an individual. In the name of wanting to do what's good, we ended up just being mean. Anybody ever been in that camp before? Anybody ever made a decision that you alone are responsible for and now you're having to eat some of the bad fruit of that decision? There's a few honest people in the house tonight. That's awesome. So we got this tension going on. This Dinah character in the story that's had a grave injustice done to her. And her two brothers that are now committing acts of injustice. And here we have Jacob trying to find a balance to this. Here we have a father wanting to speak into what's going on in his children. How many of you know that the Father God wants to speak into what's going on with you tonight? Some of you have had situations like Dinah to where 
you were an innocent party that was taken advantage of. How many of you know God wants to speak into that area and to provide a justice that looks more like reconciliation than it does retribution? That wound in your heart that's keeping you to connect to God because you say, if God's really good, why did he let this happen to me? God's justice is in spite of that evil that's been done to you that was not of him. His justice wills by the movement of his Holy Spirit for you to reconnect with him as good regardless of your pain. Some of us are in the, in the two sons situation. We took matters into our own hands. And we're reflecting back and we're seeing that that marriage that ended, that relational tension I have between me and my kids, that thing that caused tension at work, that reason that this side of the family doesn't talk to me anymore, I recognize that that was me acting out of anger in a moment. I had a moment, and now I feel like it stopped my momentum of walking with the Lord. Anybody feel like that before? Here we have these two children in a father's house in need of a word. And I love what the Lord leads Jacob in. Notice that in the middle of this situation, there's a natural father and a spiritual father, Jacob. So let's just play some role reverse. Hopefully by now you've been able to identify if you're in a Dinah situation or maybe you're in a situation like the two sons. Something's happened against your will and has caused a bad. Or maybe you're like the two sons that because of your will, you've caused bad. And because I'm the one talking and I'm up here, I'm going to be Jacob. A spiritual father, a spiritual leader, a spiritual authority in your life trying to help make sense of what's going on in these two situations. But you know, the most profound thing is that at the end of the day, as a family, Children, like Dinah and the two brothers with hurts and pains, all their own, some by their will, some against their will. And fathers, leaders, spiritual leaders in your life in the midst of all this, do you know the one place that we're collectively supposed to go is to the Father God? My job as a spiritual leader in your life is to always point you back to the spiritual leader. My job as a spiritual leader is to get in the middle of your messy situations and to say, let's put unforgiveness aside. Let's put anger and resentment aside. Let's put victimization aside and let's go to Bethel. That's where Jacob's headed, by the way. He's headed to a place that he encountered God. He's headed to a place where God had clearly spoke to him. And it happened in this place that he anointed and appointed and called Bethel, and what it signifies is the place where he met with God and got God's mind and God's heart. This is where J Jacob had the picture of the ladder and the angels descending and ascending. He said he found the gate to heaven. Do you know the gate to heaven is the Father's voice? His interaction with the fatherly wisdom that comes to us by the Holy Spirit. I've got good news for you. If you're in a Dinah situation or you're in a Jacob's two sons situation, You've got access to the Father's voice tonight. As you pay heed to the things that I'm saying, as you'll let some of those emotions go and start to fixate on some of the wisdom being released by the Holy Spirit through the vessel that I'm being right now, we can prepare our hearts to go back into a place of worship. That's why they're still on stage. That's what we're about to do. Check this out. God said this to Jacob. Jacob says, I'm in a predicament now. 
Uh, I can tell you with dealing with some of you, I've said, I'm in a predicament now. I've got this situation that, yeah, I get why the brothers are angry. I get why they want to take vengeance in their own hand. I get why Dinah's not able to get past the victim mentality because of this atrocity that's been done. But I've been in the middle of this sometimes, and I've said, okay, guys, but we've got to see what God has to say. We've got to get beyond our, our pain, and we've got to get behind our intense need for justice. And we just need to reconnect with God in worship. He's the only one that can make sense of what's going on in our lives. No doubt that this evil that happened to Dinah and the evil that was birthed through Jacob's two sons were both from the enemy. Can I get a witness about that? Both from the enemy. God said to Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. See, Jacob had had another family episode before. And it was a time when he was one that had dealt deceitfully with his brother and his father. And because of his poor choices, he ran and encountered God. Isn't it funny that if you're a believer, every time you try to run after a poor choice, God always seems to find you. That might be you tonight. You might be running from some bad choices. You might be running and saying, God... I don't know how to correct some of the things that I've done. The word tonight is, let's go up to Bethel. Let's go to a place to where we can lay aside emotion and start to connect with the intentions of the Father's heart. Are you following me? Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, put away the foreign gods. What's that for us? Put away distractions. Put away the things that you've been using to numb the pain. Put away the unhealthy, toxic relationships. Put away the technological devices that keep you numbed, as I preach for you tonight. Hallelujah. Put away the things that you're worshiping. Put away the little God of your pain and your victim mentality. Put away your little God of vengeance and anger and need to seek justice with your own hand. Put away those gods. Let's go to Bethel. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go to Bethel. He says, put away your foreign gods among you and purify yourselves. Change your garments. For some of us, it's time to change clothes. It's time for us to put on something But let me tell you this, the only way to put on new garments is we have to take off old ones. The only way to put on a garment of peace is to put off a garment of pain. Are you following me? The the only way to put on a garment of forgiveness is to put off a garment of unforgiveness. How many of you say, man, I think I need some new clothes. Put your hand on your heart. yourselves and change your garments then let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may make an altar to God who answers me in the day of my distress children of God I'm telling you tonight if you're in a day of distress God has an answer for you but we're not going to hear it listening to false gods we're not going to hear it nursing and rehearsing all of our pains and hurts and offenses we got to go to Bethel 
there an altar to God who answers me in the day of my distress, listen, and has been with me wherever I have gone. How many of you are grateful that God's been with you everywhere you've gone? So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had. I'm going to do at the end of this a call to the altar. And if you know you need to lay aside some of these things by coming to the altar and worshiping, that's you laying aside in a prophetic act. These old garments and distractions of foreign gods and the pains of yesterday. And you're going to come to a place of worship. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to Bethel. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had and the rings that were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. Listen to me. (laughs) You think by reconnecting with God, the temptation is this, that by reconnecting with God, putting off the old hurts, putting off the old pains, that in some way, shape, or form, your enemies and the enemy goes unpunished. There's a lot of times while people aren't ready to let go because they feel, how can that person, how can that situation? And when you really narrow it down, we don't fight against flesh and blood anyway, but against the spirits behind it. They say, well, how is this spirit going to be dealt with? How is this enemy force going to be dealt with? Let me tell you, the things I'm telling you to do tonight are the way your enemies are dealt with. It's not a side project to overstep justice. This is the way that justice comes. I'll prove it to you. Are you ready? And as they journeyed, where were they going? To Bethel. A terror, listen, from God fell upon the cities that were around so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. Let me tell you what makes your enemies powerless in your life and what makes the enemy powerless in your life. It's when nothing that's happened to you and nothing that happened has happened through you stops you from going to Bethel. On their way to a place of worship, on their way of going back to a place of worshiping God, reconnecting with God. The altar that Jacob built there symbolized a place of worship. And Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan. He and all the people that were with him, and he built an altar. And he called the place Bethel because there God had revealed himself when he fled from his brother. Skip a verse here. And God appeared to Jacob again. How many of you believe that God's faithful to appear again in your life? And he blessed him. And listen to this. He said, your name is Jacob no longer. Your name shall be called Israel. God said, I'm almighty God. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you. And kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and to Isaac, I will give to you. And I will give you the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him in the place where he had spoken with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoke with God, a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering and oil on it. It's a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit now mingling in you as 
if you know that whenever we make a decision to not let anything stop our worship, when we make a decision that no matter what situation of life we might be in, that's the way that our enemies are dealt with. The way we get the enemy off our back is whenever pressure comes and offenses come, all he hears out of our lips is more praise. The way we silence the accusers and the natural around us is not by gossiping about them, not by looking for a way to get even, not by smiling when they're with us and then finding opportunities to stab them in the back later, not by harboring secret offenses towards people, but making a decision that whenever people betray me, I make myself now confident in the fact that God never will. I think the devil gets tired of a group of people that every time he presses them, praise comes out. I think the enemy gets tired of dealing with a group of people that whenever afflictions that are set by him come, we just move into a place of reaffirming the faithfulness of God in our lives. I believe that a holy fear of the Lord will fall over the enemies that are coming against your life in the spirit. If you'll make a decision to say, no matter what's happened to me or what I've allowed to happen through me, I'm going to Bethel tonight. I'm gonna allow the mingling of the wine of God and the oil of God. I'm allowing the place of coming back to remembering the promises of God, remembering God's will and plan for my life, to be the place that the Holy Spirit touches me, to be the place now that I'm able to move into the fullness that the promise of God has for me in my life. You know, whenever we do things like we're doing tonight in corporate worship, This isn't just so that we can experience the peace and the joy and the freedom of God in this room. Things like we're doing tonight in corporate worship are actually the templates. Like that that pillar that Jacob built out of blocks. Learning these things, these rhythms of corporate worship, getting the scriptures together, singing the songs are the way that us in the times when we're distressed, the times that we're pressed outside of these walls, they're the ways that we stack stones. The words to these songs that we're about to sing and the words that you've heard from the scriptures tonight are not just what keep us safe while we're in the room. They're the things that allow us to build pillars in our day-to-day life that now draws the attention of the Holy Spirit and He manifests with oil and wine. I'm building a pattern for my life whenever I come to church, not just a home for my church life. worship in here and we find a pattern for it in here so that we know how to do it out there that's right I I tell you what here's here's the thing here's the thing that I want you to know and understand I'm telling you we're going to see an amazing move in the kids the Lord showed me that when I went and ministered at the camp because here's the same thing God's tired of some of you adults and how thick headed you are about everything And here's the thing, I guarantee you this. If we do not allow ourselves to come back into a place of childlike wonder, of recapturing the glory of God and what it means to worship Him in the day-to-day bits and pieces of our messy lives, 
we're going to miss out. Scripture says in a little child, Praise God that my Lord will return a hundredfold. I'm choosing to worship and wonder. I'm choosing to say, yeah, that thing that happened to me was so bad. I'm choosing to say, yeah, that thing that I allowed myself, that weak moment that I had when I messed up, man. A righteous man falls down a bunch, but he gets back up a bunch too. I'm going to come back into a place of childlike wonder in my worship. I'm going to come back into a place of being more impressed by what Jesus has done for me on the cross than whatever my last piece of stupid was. Kids are always willing to get up and try again, aren't they? What if we did the same? Look at your neighbor and say, I think I'm going to go to Bethel tonight. down to his underwear in public places. Not encouraging that tonight. But some of you do need to put off some old garments in your soul. And you need to come into a place of childlike nakedness before God and say, clean away. I'm tired of being ashamed. I'm tired of living under the power of my pain. I want to live under the power of the Prince of Peace again. choose to come into a place of childlike wonder tonight. Lord, so many of us have had some grown-up things happen to us and happen through us. Things we're responsible for and things that were outside of our control. But Father, we choose to not count our offenses one by one. We choose to count the stones of worship that we're going to erect in this house tonight one by one. We choose to deal with our enemies by being led by the deliverer whose name is Jesus Christ. We choose for justice to come to the enemies of our soul through us calling upon the angel armies of heaven in surrendered worship. We choose to move into a place of saying that there's nothing in all of creation, nothing that's happened to us or that we've allowed to move through us that can separate us from your love. As a people tonight, we say, bring us back into a Bethel place, God. Bring us back into a Bethel place, Lord. bigger than any spiritual leader can bring us. We need a a word from the living God tonight. If that's you and you say, man, I 
I know I got to get back to that Bethel place. I got to let go of some things. I got to forgive and move on. I got to stop taking things into my own hands. Your Savior is bigger than your shame. If that's you, I want you to come. Come.